1: Pleasant, good morning to everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, joined by special guest co-host in our number one, our number one only, Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network. Charles, good morning to you.
2: Good, morning, Carlos. Happy Saturday.
1: It is happy Saturday. The temperature in Baton Rouge today should be approach 82 degrees. Charles, the older I get, I love the warm weather. I've had enough of the cold weather, Charles. It is going to get warm. It's going to be hot after a while. And you're talking about warm and hot. There's some warm and hot items going on in the sports world, particularly in the Southwest Athletic Conference. So let me just do this. A guest menu for March the 5th looks like this. Of course, Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Radio Network for hour number one. He joins the show. Then in hour number two, we're going to switch Coach Van Petaway. He's simply the Coles Brown Show's basketball analyst. He joins me in hour number two. And then closing out the show, he's the CEO. That's just the way I frame it. Host, one of three hosts of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the Dean of Black Collar Sports, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. He joins me in our number two. So, the guest menu for March 5th, Charles Edmund, Coach Van Petaway, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Now, simply, we'll get into some news and notes, and Charles, this part is always fun. It's always something going on <laughs> in College sports in here on the Colors Brown shelf. We're going to recap Southern University of basketball. Charles, I'll just say this. When you look at a basketball team, the last 10 games, you look at that. Heading into the tournament, Charles, you want to be playing well. You want to be consistent. Southern University, both on the women's and men's side, they're not. They're not. What will happen? Seating purposes. We'll recap what they did last week, both on the women's and the men's side. Then also, Southern University baseball, Charles, and, and and we'll spread this into not only Southern, but in a Southwest Athletic Conference. After a very good performance in the Andre Dawson Classic, the Jaguars are now in a slump. Now, I'll say this, Charles. They're playing a tough non-conference schedule, but no excuse. You want to improve right now. The Jaguars, they lost to McNeese State 7-3. And then yesterday in a three-game series against UTSA, University of San Antonio, they lost, a 15, they lost 15-4. Now, they're on an eight-game losing streak. I know it's early, but you just kind of want to see a team improve pitching defense all of that good stuff young team i understand but it's really been tough for the jaguars baseball team so far so women men's basketball baseball women and men's basketball team inconsistent baseball team in a slump you gotta love it <laughs> it's still early but it's southern university sports then last week we talked about art browse and uh offensive coordinator at Grandma State University. Since that time, now has resigned. Now, Grandma State has promoted Coach John Simon as offensive coordinator. Interesting stuff coming out on social media. Um, just talking to some Grandma Knights. Nice. Charles, your Grandma Knights, nice. it seems to be split evenly almost down the middle. Should they have hired him? Now that he's resigned. Some say, give him a second chance. Why was he not accepted? Now he's resigned. Go figure. It is interesting at Grambling State. And then last but not least, and specifically why Dr. Cavill is coming on in hour number two, I see where he breaks a story, tweets about Tennessee State and, you know, swag expansion. The chance, not the Chancellor, the Commissioner, Dr. Charles McClellan, he reports, had spoken to Tennessee State. The ball is simply in Tennessee State's court if they want to come into Southwestern Athletic Conference. So those are the news and notes, Charles. Let, let's go to, to basketball. And by the way, congratulations to Allcorn State on the men's side. Tied as a regular season champion. You can smile, Charles. Go ahead. It's okay. <laughs> it is okay. And today, they win the day. They're outright regular season champ. So congratulations to Corn State. To me, someone asked me, Coach of the Year, Coach Bussin, no doubt about it. In the Coles Brown show's opinion, but he's done a great job. Pick what? Sixth seventh in the conference. Great job. Kudos, hats off.
2: Yeah, um, it, it's been a special ride to say the least. Uh when you look at this team, when you look at this season, when you look at you know, prior to conference play starting, Landon Bussy got COVID-19 in the final week of the 2021. Uh, didn't know how the team was going to round out in the shape in terms of conference play, and then we get to game one against Jackson State, and we win that game. Then we, we go three and zero in the three road games, and then we come home. Um, even though we've lost some tough home games, we've won the gritty. You know, this is a gritty and grimy team that, that if you look at all corn basketball throughout this whole season, we've made championship plays in critical situations. And I think the Texas Southern preview swing, this last road trip, kind of proved that there were two games that we probably could have lost that we didn't lose. You know, Justin Thomas hit the half court heave uh, to beat Preview. We get a tough uh, stick back in the final seconds against, and then against Texas Southern, we hit two critical free throws uh, to win that game. And we won so many games, you know, in the last Southern game, the Jackson State game, the Texas Southern game, the Preview game in our place. Every game has come down to the last minute and a half. And for this team to be able to find a way to win, their will to win, the chip plays, uh, I think that, especially on the defensive end, uh, I think critically, you know, we, we hit some free throws to win some games, but we get stops as well. Uh, I think this is a reflection of the head coach and Landon Bussey. He's just a tough, hard nosed coach. He's right here. I think last year you know, we lost 12 games of COVID that we played. A tough team last year, but we didn't get a lot of reps. Only one game lost due to COVID. Now it's the last non conference game of the year. So this team's had a lot of reps to figure it out. And this this team is figuring it out. You know, you got a veteran, Linnell Henry, who was a Prairie View transfer, won two championships at Prairie View, comes to Allcorn, wins a championship here. I mean, this is a young team sprinkled in with some veterans like Justin Thomas, like a Linnell Henry. Uh, I think this, this team is, is in pretty good shape right now. What I will say, these close games, as heart-stopping as they are, I mean, at some point you, you do know that sometimes the ball bounces funny. And this game here today is, is going to be one of those games in which we should win. But we've come off exciting wins before, and then two nights later, we stumble. Yes, we are uh, at least get to share of the regular season title with a one seed, regardless of what happens. But Landon Bussey doesn't want to share the championship. He feels like this team deserves to win the whole thing. And if we win today or if Texas Southern loses tonight, that will happen. But we control whether or not we want to share this thing or we, want to, or we control whether or not we want it outright. So this, this team's had a bunch of injuries. This team has had a lot going on, some teams, some players, not with this team right now, some players that we had early in the year. So we, we, we've we had a plethora of stuff happen with this team, but they've been able to stick together. They've been able to stay together. They, they've been tough, hard-nosed in terms of just the middle aspect of it, mentally tough, physically tough. And it, and it has to be that way to win the number of games that we've won in the last minute. Prairie View, Texas Southern, you go back to Jackson State, that was in the final seconds. Southern, the TSU game, the Prairie View game at our place. Grambling, we lost that game, but it came down to the final seconds. So this this team's tough. This team is is, is ready for probably the toughest stretch. You know, we won C going in the tournament. So you were in that four or five bracket. You could be looking at a Southern that we just got by, or we could be looking at, uh, you know, Prairie perhaps. I mean, so it, it's going to be tough going forward. This was going to be tough. One of the best scores in the league that we're dealing with here today. But this, this team right here, Carlos is as tough as they come. You got a tough coach in Landon Buss. And he kind of reminds me of the late Davey Whitney in terms of just his toughness, his fire, his passion, his intensity. And I think because of that, that's a reflection of how this team is tough and intense, especially in the key moments down the stretch in a lot of these conference games.
1: Yeah, uh, Charles, I'm listening to you, and, and and a lot of times you you have the cliche, a team takes on the, the personality of, of the coach, and you said on several occasions how uh, tough Coach Bussie is, and, and and from a mental standpoint, and you can see this with his team. Listening to you about all the, the, the things that they had to go through, they had to overcome. This, this team is a reflection of coach. And so once again, congratulations. And I think that's the kind of mindset with coach Bussey. Now, number one, see, regardless, they'll go from you know, hunting to being hunted. And, and, you know, in the tournament, we always say, Hey, wipe the slate clean, anything can happen, but you look at as the experts do, they look at the last 10 games, you know, going into a tournament, you want to play well. Although some will say, Hey, I'd I'd rather not be playing well and inconsistent, but then catch fire when you get into the tournament. I kind of like going into the tournament, you know, playing well. Then, hey, you wipe the slate clean. So, once again, congratulations to Alcorn State. uh, A share of the regular season title. Win today. They won't share it. Then, on the women's side, congratulations to, um, hey, we got to just – Tell it like it is, Jackson State women, they've been dominant. 17-game winning streak, undefeated in a conference. And, you know, Charles, we had a discussion last week, and you said you thought, hey, what else is there to, to keep them motivated? And, boy, they, look, they, they, they go out and, 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 and barely get by Texas Southern. I thought about you. And then, gets, <laughs> I mean, hey, they are who they are. But, yeah, they're still going to have to earn it. And going into the tournament, anything can happen. I understand that. But I still stand by what I say. It's their <laughs> tournament championship to, to lose, albeit Alabama State. Seems to be an uh, Alabama a and on the women's side. They're playing well. But uh, just kind of want to say congratulations to both All-Court State on the men's side, uh, Jackson State on the women's side, uh, regular season champions.
2: Well, you know, as far as Jackson State is concerned, and, you know, we knew the last couple of weeks that, you know, they were going to be the one seed, they were going to be the season. The best thing that could have happened to Jackson State is what happened last week. Um, that, you know, at some point you knew that was going to happen. At some point they were going to be tested. And I tell you what, that could be a tough matchup in the tournament because if you know Cynthia Cooper and the teams that she's had at Texas Southern and Prairie View, what do they do? They get up and down the floor. Fast-paced, high-scoring. Yeah, you know, we did a good job, you know, the other night against TSU, holding them in check. I thought our defense was was really solid. But if you are going to get Jackson State, you are going to have to get into a track meet with them. But Jackson State has proven that they can win those type of games. Now, you know, there was a question of call in there in the final seconds against Texas Southern, but clearly that was if I am if I am Coach Reed, I am uh, I am delighted that we got tested. And I go back to the last six, seven games in which they've kind of come out of the gates stumbling a little bit. And so I think that for that, you add that, the fact that Texas Southern tested them, even Don Brown's team, UAPB, you know, kind of pushed them a little bit. And I think if you're Coach Reed, you're you're disappointed a little bit because you got to find something to be disappointed about to kind of push yourself and your team. But at the same time, you're happy because your team's getting tested. Because you know it's a whole nother level in the tournament, and these same teams that you got and you, you know, you struggled, struggled a little bit early on. You're going to see them again in the postseason, and in the postseason, the game slows down. It's more defensive minded, and I, I do think you're not going to see as many high scores. I don't think in, once you get to Birmingham in a few days, and we'll see. You know, if Jackson State and Amisha Williams and those shooters can make the adjustment. I think it's going to be a heck of a tournament on the women's side. You know, Jackson State is the hunt is the hunted team. And, uh, you know, they have a good shot to go 18-0. and 0. But I can tell you what, in the tournament, it's a whole other animal, just like for the Braves. And Landon Bussy, I just left shoot around. He's on his team hard. Like, we're fighting to get in the tournament. He's fighting just as hard today as he was game one in conference. Same guy. He hasn't changed. He understands the intensity and he says it's so hard to win a regular season championship and a tournament championship. And I think for Coach Reed, she probably feels the same way. So I I think it's going to be intense. I think it's going to be really focused and passionate once we get in the tournament. But, yeah, I knew Jackson State was going to get tested eventually, and I thought this matchup with TSU could be one of those. And, yeah, they found a way to to, to gut one out. So we'll see if that momentum continues.
1: And, and, you know, you're going to always get uh, a team's best shot. As that team is doing well, in some cases, you're only playing a conference team once. Other occasions, you're playing them twice. So I think the motivation is still there for Jackson State. They want to make history again, but they know the regular season is what it is. They're the regular season champs. Now going into the tournament, they know they have to be on their A game. You're going to get everyone's best shot. You know that. So they've got to be focused this upcoming week, uh, today, to get things done. And and I believe Coach Reed will Reed will have them where they need to be. Hey, Charles, they're good. That's the bottom line. And, and, and again, they're going to get everybody a shot. But I think when it's all said and done, they are a prohibited favorite. They just got to go out and, and, and get it done on the men's. Sign in the tournament, I think it's much more wide open. You've got several teams. It, it's going to be exciting, exciting. So, all Corn State gonna come in at number one seed. You're still gonna have some battles going to see who's gonna be seeded two, three, and four. Now, if I can, let me turn to um, Southern University on the women's side. Consistently inconsistent. They won against Bethune Cookman 65 to 51. They defeated Famu Monday night, 66 to 43. And then Thursday, the Thursday, Saturday, complete the regular conference season. Alabama State, who came into the FG Clark Activity Center and defeated Southern University. And then Southern returns the trip. Boy, they get blown out by 18 points, 64 to 46. If I'm not mistaken, that's worst conference loss of the year but Southern University. So a a team that for most of the conference season, they were entrenched into that second spot. Not anymore. And so in the three games, and they'll wrap up the game at Alabama and m on the women's side, Charles, who they're very hot right now. This team from a solid number two seed could drop all the way. What, Charles, to a fourth seed?
2: Four or five, yeah.
1: Four or five. So, remember, those last ten games, uh, let's just say this way. Coming into this tournament play, you want to be playing well. Then on the men's side, they lost in overtime to Bethune-Cookman at home. So, up to the Grammar State uh, home game at the FG Clark Activity Center, they were one of the few Division I teams that hadn't lost a home game. Then they lose in overtime, Bethune-Cookman, 87-84, to Monday they bounced back and they beat FAMU, which they swept FAMU. They swept Texas Southern, and then Thursday night they lost by ten to Alabama State. So Southern University picked what fifth in the in the preseason polls. They were one for most of the uh, regular season conference play. Now. They are not going to be a a, a number one seed, and they've they've dropped. So, not playing well, inconsistent, and and you must be playing well going into tournament play. So, this Southern University women's and men's basketball team, they're going to be playing for their tournament lives to get to the NCAA tournament, Charles. And, And so, once again, how you start, and how you finish, and then you try to be consistent in the middle of the conference race. Jaguar fans are, are disappointed going into this last regular season conference game.
2: Yeah, there have been there have been some pleasant surprises, like all corn, like a FAMU. But then there have been some disappointments as we look at it right now. And I think, you know, to your point, Southern University is definitely in that disappointment category. Um, I, I think with college basketball, like any sport, you hit the wall. And I think for both in, in part that they've hit the wall a little bit, you know, for Southern's men, I will say this, you blow two leads at home, double digits, Bethune, Cookman and, 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 uh, Grambling, you know, and I saw the video of those two games. I mean, 35 foot shot and pretty much in the same spot (laughs) against Grambling and, uh, and Bethune, uh, you know, you, you take your foot off the gas, you know, when you get a lead at home, it's easy to just coast and and, and you lose focus, but teams keep coming at you, and that's what's happened to Southern University. Um, I do think that they could be one of the more dangerous teams still, I think, for Coach Woods, and, and you got to be careful this time of year too. I mean, especially if you're landing busty trying to keep the edge up, but you don't want to beat up your team too much at this point. The tournament starts in, what, four days? So, yeah, you want to be playing your best, but how do you, you don't want to get on them too hard and frustrate them because you lose another game after the, after today. Your season's over. There is no at-large. There is no uh, NIT. There's nothing other than the CBI, if you're interested in that. But I, I think right now you want to stay healthy. You want to stay physically healthy, and you want to stay mentally and emotionally healthy. You don't want to beat up your team too much. So Southern, they're not going to win the regular season. And because of the fact that we're playing all games in Birmingham, you know, when we're playing, the top four would be at home. I think there will be a lot to talk about because you want to focus on playing a home game, but we're not in that format. So I think you have to be careful in terms of how much you beat up your team physically and mentally as you get ready for the most important time. And Southern right now, to so you know what ha- what they have done, and they were in first place. Their women were really go- or were-, were really good, and I still think they are. I think for the men, they've just lost some tough games at home, which has with their minds a little bit. But I do think that and Sean Woods knows how to win in the postseason. I think Southern will be a very dangerous team. That could be a second-round matchup for Alcorn, perhaps. And we know what happened here. It was a close game down the stretch. So it I think with this last game, I think you want to play well, but I think you don't want to beat up your team, too. And I think it's a delicate time for a lot of coaches in, in this conference, because you get too far down on yourselves mentally, emotionally, you go, you come to Birmingham, you're one and done, it's all over. So I think this is kind of a ticklish time, a tricky time for some of the other teams in, in the conference. And for Southern, it has been a disappointment for sure. But I do think that right now, I think their teams will be ready to go in four days when the tournament starts.
1: Well, I, I think everybody will be refreshed, re-energized, and they'll be ready to go. If you're the number one seed, whether you're on the women's side or the men's side, you're going to get everybody's best shot. Number two, number three, number four seeds, particularly number two and number two, three seeds, they they've got to feel that they've they've got a good shot if they can play well to to kind of make it to that that finals against the the, the number one seed. But when this term is all said and done, you know, over the past years, Charles, you've had some major upsets in in, in conference tournaments. Uh, you have someone who maybe comes from a lower seed that makes it to the semifinals or the finals. It, it, it's an incredible run, and you kind of it's it's March Madness. Then, if you win your tournament championship, you go to uh, the NCAA tournament, and you see. Uh, particularly over the last uh, several seasons you see lower Cs with with shocking upsets so you got to bring your a game you, you you concentrate on the regular season it's over with now your focus is with the tournament and you know some of the huge debates we've had in discussions over the past regular season versus tournament championships we're not going to go into that. Because yeah. you're going to still stick to your point. I'm going to still stick to my point. I'm stubborn. The regular season champion, that is important in yeah. my humble opinion. But the case is the tournament champions go from conferences like the Southwest Athletic Conference, OVC, Southland, whatever. And we've talked about what needs to be done to maybe perhaps one day get that, that at-large bid. As it stands now, reality—it's a one bid lead, so you've got to come out and be focused during the tournament. Regular season is important for seeding purposes. You get an NIT bid. Regular season champions automatically. Allcorn gets upset in the tournament. Well, at least they'll be in the NIT. That's a postseason reward, so you got to love that. Before we take our, our next, our first timeout, shall I say? I want to show some love to uh, everyone who's watching. Avis Heath, good morning. Jamar, good morning. Johnny Johnson, good morning. Larry Rashard Jenkins, good morning. Theo Quest, good morning. G-Boom Holly, good morning. Chuck Hunt, good morning to everyone. Going to take a time out when I come back. We've got some more news and notes to, to discuss Charles or do you want to just stay away from the uh situation Art Browse resigning before he officially gets approved you Gramlin Knight we could get your thoughts or if you want to pass on that I understand i i have a slight few opinions a little bit different from last <laughs> week um but other than that it is interesting to say the least what's going on at Graham state university. Quick, quick take before we go to the break. What do you think?
2: Um, I am I, not surprised. I mean, we, we all, we, we went at it ad nauseum last week about it. And um, I think, you know, our brows resigned, but you know, there's a process for this too. Now being, in in mississippi and working for a public school here in mississippi there's a process for some of these hires and, and the report came out from the new star world of few days ago that the process of ours being hired has to go through a vetting process through the louisiana board and there were some questions mm-hmm. raised there which i which i didn't which I, I should have known but i didn't know if you don't know you don't know and i didn't know so there were questions raised there um, so I think at the end of the day, the process was going to take care of itself on that. And if there are a, lot, a bunch of questions from your higher-ups, from your boss's boss's boss, then probably he probably says what was going to happen. And it did happen. Um Now, you know, Grambling's kind of moved on. Uh, the fallout from it, though, is still there. Um Grambling has started their their, their camp, and, and I just hope that it's not a distraction now that they've kind of moved on. But then on social media, you're hearing that, there may be a Hail Mary throne in which Browse might be. I mean, so I, I that that may be fake news, but but at, but still it's it's out there. Um so I, I think that you know the right thing was done whether Art Browse did what he did or whether the system did it, I think at the end of the day, you know, Grambling has moved on. You know, the residuals of it, we can talk about this to a blue in the face. It's probably not gonna happen. And I, I just hope as a Gramlin Knight we can we can move forward and roll. Office. yes. We'll believe in second and third chances. I, I am totally in agreement with it. But should it be this chance? Should it be right here and right now? Probably not. Um, and so I, I think everyone is kind of we'll move on. Time will take care of it. And Grambling football will move on. Let's just hope the damage done in the court of public opinion isn't too bad. It's It's bad. It was bad last week, bad week before. Hopefully they'll be able to heal because this, because this program right now is in flux. You know, you, you you look at Grambling football known to be championship caliber football. And right now you got a new leader, you got a new staff. And so you want the momentum. You, you want the backing. You want the support. You know, I'm in, I'm in Grambling's corner. I'm a knight I don't contribute like I should financially. I admit that. I apologize for that, but I still love Grambling and, you know, I, I I just hope that the damage in the court of public opinion isn't too bad from this. It already is, but I hope it doesn't get any worse, and hopefully everybody will be able to heal in Tiger country.
1: Well, John Simon, who I know from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, he was elevated to offensive coordinator, um, played at Southern Lab in Baton Rouge. That's the university laboratory. Uh, went on to Louisiana Tech. Played collegiately there, then went on to the NFL. Then, you know, last time before at Gramlin he was at the University of Memphis. And if you go to the Monroe News Star, when he was there in Memphis, there was uh, allegations of a Title IX complaint against John Simon. But he's at Gramlin State now. He's an offensive. Coordinator, so that part of it is is done. And as far as from the outside looking in, as I stated last week, I, I just thought, hey, Grandma State, they could have made a better decision. It's not about denying someone a second chance like Art Brown's, because he he was working on the high school level, so it wasn't like he didn't have a job. He wants to go. He wants to, you know, get back on the FBS level, power five, or what have you, he'll have an opportunity, I guess eventually, but he wasn't hired by anybody else after what happened at the university of, of Baylor. But at the end of the day, Gramlins higher up made the decision. President, the AD, they were in favor of this. They said, okay, coach you, you, you can do this, and then that's where the backlash came, and so he basically said, Art said, I, I don't want to be a distraction, so he resigns. Yes, they have to go through the board to get approval on everything. Did they have pushback from what I'm hearing? Yes. You know you have uh, some grandma Nights, and I've talked to some. I know someone who's v- very in the know about Grammar the state. There is... In a lot of cases, when you hire someone, they're going to be those alumni who are not for that person. They let it be known, but then they say, well, that wasn't my first choice, but he is the head coach now. I'm going to support him. So you have that notion. You have a, 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 a contingent of alumni that, hey, we don't like to hire. We're not going to support him. You understand that, but at the end of the day, when they come out and they get into the football season, they'll be judged on how well the 2022 football season goes not just for Grandma State, for everybody. So, we'll continue, continue to monitor the situation. You're right, on social media, it is still a uh, uh, hot, hot story. Going to take a quick time out. When I come back, we'll kind of get a little bit into uh, Tennessee State and swag expansion. We'll talk about that next. You're watching the Colors Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Oh, that
2: spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. It's something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey.
0: Really outdid yourself.
2: Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you. All of you. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm we help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay.
1: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens,
0: who is watching, Chad Cooper, appreciate
1: you. Uh, Charles, Tennessee State and SWAC expansion. And I think last week uh, I got a notification. Wow, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill inside the HBCU Sports Lab, who's coming on the show. He can really get into the nuts and bolts of uh, Tennessee State and, you know, the SWAC and Dr. McClellan reaching out to Tennessee State. And and you know, Charles, there has been a long romance about Tennessee State coming to uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference in the OVC. OVC now a a, a shrinking, some would say a dying uh, conference. Then Tennessee State do they really want to come in the southwestern athletic conference from from years ago? So that's why I, I termed it a, 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 a romance. Tennessee State, um, in the OVC, some of their better attended games against HBCU programs, you know, in Atlanta, playing FAMU, and they play and they play Jackson State, play Southern University, so. Your thoughts. I think you mentioned it last week when we kind of brought it up about could that be a possibility? And then if they come, and again, we'll talk to Dr. Caville about this as well. Do you bring some with them with Tennessee State? Do you want to even 14? Will you stay at 13? It's just so interesting. But we do know that college athletics and conference realignment—it's always ever changing. So, I'm not surprised about the conversation with Tennessee State in the southwestern athletic conference.
2: Well, well previously to FAMU and Bethune Cookman board, you know what what to mention out there that could possibly join the conference more than any team. I think Tennessee State, even though they were in the OBC. It, we, we we all talked about this like man, what would it take for Tennessee State to join the Southwestern Athletic Conference? It's not an old argument, it's not an old discussion. We've talked about this for years, even though they're in the OVC. I think now with the college football landscape changing, conferences are falling apart as we speak, conferences are a shell of themselves as we speak, and we can talk about we can, you know, mention conferences. But I think it's a heck of an opportunity. It's the best opportunity now for Tennessee State to join the conference and dr cavill you know with 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 the scoop and the information that's that's good stuff um and so i think that now's the time to, to make this happen and i over a period of time in my opinion it will happen now i'm looking we talked about it last week a little bit in terms of the number of sports you have to have you know tennessee state doesn't have baseball does that matter a whole heck of a lot well it might you know, you're talking about 11.7 scholarships. You're talking about probably a quarter of a million dollar investment that you need at least to invest in baseball, get it off the ground, you know, hiring a staff to get baseball. Now, Dr. Caville could probably speak to it a little bit more. Does that necessarily, does Tennessee State have to have baseball to join the league in a couple of years, or is it just a, an understanding that they will have it at some point in time? I don't know, but, with, but I'm sure he can probably speak to that. When you, when you speak to them. But on the surface, I think it's wonderful. You got Huntsville, from Huntsville to Nashville is 110 miles. So it fits, right, fits right into the SWAC footprint a little bit on the eastern side of the shelf. Um, so I, I think that with this being said, I think over a period of time it's going to happen. The question, though, Carlos, and you said it, is there going to be a 14th team? That's going to be the question. Because a 13-team conference, yes, it'll be great. But I think you're going to need another team, just like you got Bethune, Cookman, and FAMU. You got a pair there. You're going to need mm-hmm. a pair. You're going to need another team. So the question is, who's going to be that 14th team as we look three, four years down the road? I was talking with somebody the other night. I heard South Carolina State's name mentioned. Um, I hadn't really thought about it, but you just, what teams c- could be that 14th team on the eastern side of the shelf, on our side of the shelf, I don't know. But I think the Tennessee State thing is, is well on its way. I think it's going to happen over a period of time. We follow it. But my big thing is who's going to be that other team that's going to follow them to make it a 14 conference? I think that's going to be the bigger question. But I, I'm glad that we're finally getting some forward momentum on Tennessee State joining the SWAC because this has been talked about for the last 10 years, if not longer. When was this going to happen? I just thought Tennessee state was satisfied with the OBC in terms of basketball, football is a whole nother deal. But as you mentioned, they, they, they're playing SWAC schools and HBC schools anyway, and, and they're drawing well. So I'm glad this is happening. Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep the momentum going and let's stay to the SWAC. And, and I
1: think Dr. Caville will be able to give us a a, a great uh, blueprint as far as from economic impact of having a Tennessee State and someone else, I'm going out on the limb and say they're going to pair someone with with Tennessee State now. Who that is, I've heard the same thing about South Carolina State, but then that's another team from the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. The relationship between the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference and the South Southwestern Athletic Conference is great. I've also heard about the division to school moving up but then you know there's a certain financial component that you have to make an investment to, to to move up so these are the different um angles that you look at and and i think dr cavill will be able to give us a, a, a some more insight you know i can have opinions about it you know tennessee state who goes to the east if you decide to have two teams who goes to the West? And, and I'm sure they've thought about all that. If Dr. Cavill, uh breaks it on Twitter that the commissioner has already initiated talks with Tennessee State, it is just going to be very interesting to see how this all uh, plays out. What kind of time frame you're looking at? You know, when Bethune and FAMU came in, it, it was quick. It, it wasn't like three or four years down the line they moved and they move quickly so a, a very exciting time you know as far as when you add someone else two teams in my opinion then you go back and look at maybe revisiting with a television contract now is just a good time what can the conference offer those expansion universities and then what they can do for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It's called a financial deal. Let's make a deal. And so Dr. Cavill will give us the inside on Tennessee State and SWAC expansion. Charles, we have you for another 15 minutes. So uh, a team besides Southern University, I like to look at as far as when they announce anything, that's your school. The All-Corn State Braves. <laughs> if, you, if you're in Lorman, that chant it is maddening. So, without further ado, I saw where Allcorn State released their 2022 football schedule. We'll we'll look at some others as we uh, progress through the year. But if Roy, you'll do the honors back in studio. Allcorn State released their 2022 football schedule, and Charles, it is tough. The opening three games, at home, Stephen F. Austin. Then you're at Tulane. I told you, Charles. Someone was listening. Maybe it was Horn before he left. I said, all in <laughs> Tulane, New Orleans. You love Louisiana? At well, least you say you do. <laughs> you,
0: could play,
1: you could play them. It's a, a game that you're not going to lose by 40 or 50 points. They got a brand-new stadium. You go there game two. Then you stay in Louisiana, Charles, again for two weeks in a row. And then you play McNeese State. The last time you played him, you didn't give any points up in the second half. Felix Harper comes off the bench, and he's a household name after that. And then you see the rest of the schedule, Arkansas, uh, uh, Pine Bluff, of course, you got Valley, you got Southern, you got Grambling State, you got Prairie View A and M, Bethel Cookman, and then you top it off with Jackson State. Charles, what has been the feedback for this? I say very tough schedule, and it says who want the smoke. Let me add them. They yeah, come back I, to I, Baton Rouge again.
2: I think I think the I think the key word when you talk to Braves fans about the schedule tough. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's a tough schedule. Uh, I personally love the schedule, to be honest with you. You know, for me, Carlos, I'm just about playing. Wait a minute, wait
1: a minute, Charles. Why is that? Why is that you love this schedule?
2: I love the schedule because you got, you've got FCS teams on there. McNeese has always been, most of the time, has been a quality FCS opponent. Stephen F. Austin has been a quality FCS opponent. I believe they may be moving up. But still, a quality FCS, Tulane, a school three hours from our campus. And as you mentioned, it's not a team that, that's an Alabama, but they're not bottom feeders either. It's a solid, solid FBS team. It's, it's within your range. It's in your range geographically. I think it's in your range financially in terms of a guarantee. They're a private school, so financially they have the resources. They have the money to give you a decent guarantee. But I think for me, I always love playing the FCS schools. I think we need to have a tutorial on the importance of that because, at the end of the day, Carlos, and I know a lot of people don't care for it. We are an FCS conference, whether we want to accept it or not. You know, the FCS playoffs. I'm glad that we're back in it. AMU playing Southeast. Financials of it is disappointing to me because you don't make money. And that's what it's all about. Um, but still, it's an FCS conference. We're an FCS conference. The MEAC is. Play those quality schools to give yourself the opportunity to promote yourself in terms of being the best that you can be at your level. And I, you know, there's nothing wrong with Celebration Bowl. I love it. We've been there a bunch of times, and I'm not dismissing, uh, dismissing the Celebration Bowl at all. I'm also adding to that the fact that we need to do better in the FCS. We don't play these FCS schools. Alcorn has. I think Jackson State's playing Campbell uh, Campbell uh, in, in a football. I think that's a good game to get. Uh, I'd I like to see the financials of that, by the way. Is that just a one-way thing when we're, we're playing them in Jackson? Is it a two-for-one? Is it a home-and-home? Home? I don't know. I Maybe I can ask Ashley Robinson at the tournament about it, but I, I think that's fine. I think that's terrific. I'm just a, I'm just a believer in playing quality teams in the SC. There's plenty of them in the southern region. Kennesaw State, Southeast Louisiana, McNeese, uh, Jacksonville State, uh, Samford. You can go on and on and on. I'm just a believer in it, and I'm glad that we're doing it. And I hope more schools in this conference do it. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I, I'm hopeful somewhere down the road that we do it. You know, I would love to see a Southern Southeastern. You know, Roman Banks was on your show a few weeks ago. I asked him about that. I think that would be a terrific matchup. I think it'll make money for everybody, even though I don't. You know, Southeastern fans might not come to a that room. Two for group. one
1: deal, Charles. Charles, sure. a well, I mean, deal.
2: you know what I say that?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, because I, because the Southeastern Stadium seats seven thousand. Southern can literally yeah. sell it out twice. They could. put... Packed 14000 in there. But now, to your point, let's give credit. Prairie View has played other FCS out-of-conference opponents. Texas Southerners doing it this year. Jackson State and Campbell, that's a huge matchup. Campbell's pretty good. Uh, Southerners, according to Coach Banks, they are going to go back to McNeese and and, and play a game. So you're seeing more of it. I just want to see more of those games played, but we've got to when i say wait you got to start having success winning some of these games and if you do that hey for those who you know, want to get that at large bid this will be something good on your resume hey i went into mcneese and defeated them at mcneese i had them at home i defeated them and so hey you can have your cake and eat it too but I just here's that but, but I just think some of our fans they could care less about playing those type of games. And Charles, you know this, you know this, and some will rather play a ULL or ULM instead of playing a southeastern. And what is it because because of money? But let's be honest, ULL and the ULMs, you're not going to get those six, seven hundred thousand dollar contracts and by the way and I'll put this up I did get the particulars about Southern and LSU oh there he goes he's bringing up LSU and southern seven hundred thousand dollar guarantee plus and this isn't right I've got it and then fifty thousand public records fifty thousand to the Southern University Foundation that's seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I know some are still saying, no, I still wouldn't play that. I understand that. But $750,000. Almost a million dollars. Now, Southern, with that money, let's use it wisely. Boy, I sound like I'm talking to my daughter who went off to college (laughs) and I have no kids. But you you get my point, Charles. With these games, play them and win. And have success. And then that success breeds success. And of course, you, you got to win your conference. That That's not that change, Charles.
2: Well, that's why I like all corn schedules. That's why I like all corn schedules so much because you got the best of both worlds. You got a Tulane team. That, I mean, Tulane's not Alabama, but Tulane is not a bottom feeder either. So you got that. You got Tulane is in New Orleans. Obviously, it's within distance of our fan base three hours from all corn state university that makes sense i just think that game makes sense all the way across the board then you got a Stephen f then you got a mcneese again Stephen f an hour and a half outside of houston very reachable destination lake charles a reachable destination so i think that's why i like the schedule because i think that's the type of schedule i think in this league should have that type of schedule uh, and, and, and as you mentioned, yes, more of our teams are playing these type of games in the FCS. And, yes, we have to win these type of games. Yes. Do I think our fans are going to buy into this type of schedule playing these FCS teams? No, they're not. Until we start winning some and until the financials become a little bit more transparent. And let's face it, I mean, if you're playing um, – a Stephen F or McNeese, it's gonna be a home and home. Yes, it's gonna be a two for one. I was told recently that there's some there's some deals out there that are three for one or four for one. I didn't think those existed anymore. A four for one, meaning they come to you once
1: on the FCS level?
2: Uh yes, on on the FCS a four for one. I've seen that. I've heard well I was told this that three-for-ones mm-hmm. and four-for-one deals are still – now, they're spaced out over a period of time. But you're going to get a fairly mm-hmm. decent guarantee if you're going to do a four-for-one, okay? But those type of deals still exist. I didn't think they did anymore. I thought we have kind of progressed from those type of deals, but they still exist. So I, I do think that, um, that we need to play these type of schools. We need to win some of them, as you mentioned. But I think a lot of our fans feel like we can't compete with the Stephen Fs and the McNeeses of the world. We can't compete with the Kennesaw States and the Samfords. You know, Samford's another school right there in Birmingham that a lot of our schools could play. Now, they have a very small stadium, just like Strawberry Stadium. We, I think we set the record over at Samford when, when the late Steve McNair played. But, yes, we need to play some of these teams. We need to beat some of these teams. And I think if we do that, I think some of our fans will come off the shelf and, and be in support. But until that happens – I think some of our fans feel like we can't beat them anyway. You're playing them at their place with their refs and all that other stuff. Come on, you know, let's, I think we're getting better talent to where we can compete. And I do think we can win some of those games. And I just think we need to change our mindset. It's not going to be easy. You got to do it one person, one alum at a time. But I do think if we have that type of success, a lot of people will come off, come off the bank and uh, get on board.
1: Well, and and I try to, You know, be objective. And sometimes I know you, you, your thinking can evolve over time. And I've used this example before. I go back to uh, Coach Pete Richardson at Southern University and um, his first game coaching. And, you know, you go through the fall camp, they're in the Superdome, Louisiana Superdome. They're playing against Northwestern State. And I'm just going to be brutally honest and and share my thoughts again. I'm going to the game with my best friend. and, And basically, it's like, well, okay. I know the success the Southland has had. If if and pay close attention to this. If Southern is close in the fourth quarter, hear me. If Southern University is is close in the fourth quarter, anything could happen. Well, the game was literally a blowout. Southern University speed, the coaching. They literally ran Northwestern State out of the Superdome. Okay. And right then it's like, oh, Summer's got something special. What a great staff. And they went on to be eleven and one. Now they lost to, lost to Nickel State, which they were favored in that ball game. But you saw how the bar was set. And so yeah, you can't compete. And so and, and that's when Northwestern State at that time, Charles, they are much better than they are now. So it can be done. And when you've seen success, and I don't want to have this mentality, oh, we can't compete. And you can. You can if you have the right, if you did back then. And then now, you know, I understand four or five star, all of that. But with all of that being said, it still comes back down to coaching. You know, from a resource standpoint, I know that's still important. You look at the fan base, Northwestern State fan base can't can't compete with Southern's fan base or Jackson State. But call me naive, but I I, I believe you can compete and have success. You really can. So I, I understand our fan base is, you know, hey, they could care less. Some, not all. Some. About playing those type of uh out of conference games. But hey. I think you do it and you play them and you have success and things. I I think you're seeing
2: it one. I think you're seeing it though a little bit more. I think more fans are more, more will listen to the argument. I think 10 years ago, they didn't want to hear the argument. I think they're more listening to it now than they were 10 years ago. And I think a few wins, by some of our teams will help bring people on board. But I think now because of the transfer portal, you're getting, you're getting better talent, regardless of the stars, uh, three-star, four-star, whatever the case, I do think that there's an opportunity there to be more competitive and to win some of those games. And so I, I do think more people are probably listening to the conversation. There's some old school folks that will never buy into it. They're going to be celebrating, celebration be about the swag and that's it. Um, so, I mean, we, I respect that and I understand that. But I think people that are younger than us, middle-aged, that are hearing more about this stuff through social media and other means are kind of getting it a little bit. And and they and they may buy into it eventually over a period of time, and that's, that's important. So the ones that, that are dead set against it, they're going to be against it. But I do think there are more people that are kind of in the middle of the road on this conversation, and they're willing to listen a little bit more. And I think what will we'll help the case, if we can win some of these games, like, we beat Northwestern State last year. And some of the games we have coming up this year, Campbell and Jackson State, the two top recruiting classes in, in the FCS, hey, that's going to be a terrific matchup. Um, you know, our game with McNeese. Um, so, as you mentioned, some of the other teams. I think more people are kind of listening to it now, the the, the argument. And maybe they'll lean, lean our way a little bit. But winning will definitely help that as well.
1: Well, we've covered – a few topics, of course, Southern basketball. Uh, they're playing Alabama a and to close out the regular season, both on the women's and men's side. That's perfect. Coach Petaway <laughs> could give us some insight on Alabama a and and Southern playing. The last
2: game at the Elmore Gym, Carlos. Oh, that's, yeah. That's oh, the last that, game that, that, at that, the Elmore Gym.
0: Yep.
1: There he goes now, Coach Petaway. Um, sometimes you can make me feel better. Good, good, um, morning to you. I got 1159. So it's still technically morning. How
0: you doing, sir? (laughs) Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm looking forward. Uh, I've got a, um, a lot of apprehension and, and, uh, there's a lot of sentiment going into this game today, uh, because that they are, this is supposed to be the last game, uh, at Elmore. And, uh, you know, that place gave me, my basketball career. So, you know, I spent my entire coaching career at, uh, at Elmore. And so there are a lot of great memories. We won a lot of basketball games there. I had an opportunity to uh, coach a lot of great kids and work with some great people. So it's a little sentimental going into the last game, uh, watching that place for the last time, but I'm looking forward to it. It is, it's, it's, uh, it's long overdue. You know, we, uh, we should have built an arena maybe fifteen or twenty years ago, but uh, it's finally coming into fruition. And so today is the last game. I'm looking forward to it, uh, seeing what Sean is going to have now uh, coming into this game. Because right now, Alabama and is on the road. Yeah, Sean's got to come with it now because they're playing well. They're they're playing like one of the old them teams. But you know, I you know, and looking at this league, I did say early on that it was going to come down to the last week of play. But I have to admit now, I thought, it was, I thought Southern would be one of the teams that would have a chance to win it. And Alcorn was able to at, at least uh, get a portion of it. They can win it outright today at home. And, man, my hat's off to Coach Bussey and the job that he's done down there. That is an outstanding coaching job now for him to come in there and then have a, a, a SWAC championship uh, in his sights. That's amazing. That is amazing.
1: Coach and and, and Charles, because Charles, uh, just let me know when you have to uh, leave, because I understand you got to go now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I do. All right. Well, Charles, go hey, ahead. Hey, we appreciate
0: you. Congratulate Coach for me, please. Please congratulate Coach Bussey for me.
2: I will. I'm getting ready to see him right now. I, I will, Coach. Thank you, Carlos. Okay. I appreciate hey. it.
1: And, Charles, set up, tell him I, I would like to get him on because we seem to have the same uh, mentality. Tough. <laughs> but tell him <laughs> congratulations, and uh, I'll try to get him on uh, real soon, as time permits.
2: Yeah, Coach coach, coach kind of reminds me of Coach Petaway. Fiery, fiery, passionate, yep. intense. Yep. He yep. reminds me of that guy right there, Coach, coach Petaway. And gets, and gets it done on the defensive
0: end. That's the key part. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right, Coach. Carl-
1: All right. Take care, Charles. We'll talk with you next week. And, uh, Coach Pettaway, we're in our number two here on, on the Coles Brown show and, and, and Charles had to, 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 to leave, but I know the coach of the year has always done what based on the, 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 the tournament champion.
0: No, no, no regular season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They do it on the regular season. Uh, and and this year he, he man he Coach really deserves that. Right? Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah because see they he you know in the preseason polls they weren't ranked that high, but he got those kids playing well and I promise you I love the way they defend. They really get out to people and that's been part of his success uh, since he's been at Alcorn, is getting it done on the defensive end of the floor. You know they always say that defense wins championships. You still got. I still believe that you got to have some offense, but uh, you you got to be able to to uh, create yourself more opportunities. What better way to do that than with some defensive pressure?
1: Well, let me do this, Coach Pettaway. Let me take a a, a break, and then when we come back, we'll kind of go over where the women's standings are right now. The men kind of set up the last uh, regular season game. Then we'll get your uh, expert opinion. Going into to, to this tournament, we'll, we'll do all that with you. We'll, we'll hear it with you, Coach, until 1230. So appreciate the time. We'll take a quick time out will come back. It'll be more of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Okay, Coach. I guess we're gonna come back. We're not gonna have a timeout.
0: <laughs> okay, well, man.
1: <laughs> well, 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 welcome back to the uh, Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network, uh, Coach. If we look at the women standing, no secret, Jackson State, um, first place, regular season champion, number one seed, seventeen game winning streak, all of the accolades they've done that. But Alabama and them twelve and five. In conference, Alabama State 12 and 5, Southern 11 and 6, Texas Southern 11 and 6, Alabama and them, Alabama State Southern, and Texas Southern battling for number two seed, three seed, four seed. It's it's going to be interesting today, the last regular season conference uh, game. We'll know after today how the seeding goes,
0: right? Yeah, all is left is seeding. We know who the top eight are. Uh, Pine Bluff will be the eighth team. And of course, Prairie View, Gramlin, Texas Southern, everybody else, they're trying to improve their seating in the tournament. They all know that they're in. They're just trying to improve their, their, their seating. And uh that's what makes basketball exciting this time of the year. Even in the last regular season game, uh, you know, you, you still got drama. You still got you got teams that. That need this, that need momentum. Right now, Jackson State and Alabama AM women, they're the two hottest teams in the league. Uh, and if Alabama AM can beat Southern today, that'll ensure them of, of holding on to that number two spot, which means that they don't have to mess with Jackson State until that championship game, you know, if they both advance that far. But here's the thing that I want to bring to our attention. A couple weeks ago, you know, Charles told us you better watch look at look at uh, Jackson state. They've been getting off Mm -hmm. the slow starts. Now I, I ended up catching the, the men's game uh, at Texas Southern last weekend and leading into that game. They were talking about that women's game. And, and you know, you had people saying that if it were not for a couple of calls down in the last uh, under a minute, that Texas Southern would have pulled off that win against uh, Jackson. So, Uh, Charles was correct they're not they're not playing the same way that they did at the beginning of the year so they there's a chance in this tournament now they could be got so they have to be careful and the other teams that have played them like Texas Southern uh, the teams that have played them late down the stretch they know that they're vulnerable so the tournament is going to be a very interesting tournament and I'm looking forward to it Carlos I'm 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 happy. I'm geeked. Uh, my room's ready. All I gotta do is get there.
1: Well, I, I guess you'll have some uh, nice, uh, uh, you know, beverage. Maybe the Sprite, the Coke, or <laughs> whatever your water uh, 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 yep. uh, for, for for your your situation. I, under, I understand. So back to the point. And Charles did make make the point about uh, Jackson State on the women's side. And getting off to a slow start, and they've had some tough games. And earlier in, in hour number one, he talked about maybe that's a good thing because you remember you were talking about he did about the motivation for a team that's undefeated and has had it easy. But now, right after last week's show, they come out and have some games that they had to really yeah. fight. I, I think, coach, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, I know they're going to be motivated. They have a chance to do well, but they're going to get everybody's. Best shot in in, in, in the, in the right. tournament. I understand that well, but you know, and I can't speak for Charles, but I I thought Charles was saying, "Hey, Jackson State is a chance that they could get up, you know, upset in the tournament." Uh, now nah, I don't feel that comfortable. I still think it's their their tournament to lose. Am I way off based on that? I mean, based on I guess what I've seen during the regular season. But coach, I understand they have been regular season champions that did not win a tournament championship
0: right right yeah so many crazy things can happen in a tournament but the thing that you have to look at you cannot overlook the fact that down the stretch even though they are winning you know their mode has changed They're, they're not blowing people out the games are closer they're getting off to a to a slower start that kind of stuff so there's plenty of material that's left or plenty of things that the coaching staff can use to help motivate those young ladies. Um, you know, the slow starts and, and the turnovers late in ball games, they can talk about it. everything that's happened to them can be corrected. So they are still gonna go in into the tournament as the the favorite. But they gotta be they gotta be careful because other teams are slowly closing that gap.
1: When you coach, coach. And I know during the tournament, like when you make it to the the NCAA tournament matches, the experts look at the last 10 games, how well you're playing. Yep. At this point, going into your conference tournament, when you were coaching, is it better to be playing well going into the tournament? Oh, I've heard some say, well, you know, I'm more concerned that, you know, maybe we're playing well and then we get into the tournament and then we don't play well but i i believe you you need to be playing well going into the tournament how how important is that or is that
0: overblown no it's not overblown you want to be playing you want to be playing your best basketball going into the tournament you you know the the, the second half of the season you want to be peaking so that you peak at the tournament during the tournament you you don't want to go into the tournament at a low because it's going to be hard to turn it on because every team is giving you their best because everybody knows and the tournament is one and done. So, so you're getting their best shot in, in, in my coaching career. It is better to have momentum going into the tournament. You, you got, you got teams that, that struggle down the stretch. They normally struggle in the tournament. Hmm, That's
1: going to be interesting. Visiting with, uh, Coach Van Petaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and NIM, the Coles Brown shows basketball analyst. Coach, on the men's side, we've talked about all Corn State. They they wrapped up uh the number the number one seed. Do you see a possibility? Is, I guess is it more parity on the men's side yes. per se than than the women's side?
0: I think any team in that top four has a chance to win that tournament because there's not there's not much separation from one, between one through four now you 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 uh and, and then you take a team like alabama in there they're the hottest team on the men's side right now all right if they win the game today and they beat southern by more than nine I mean, by more than eight points they'll 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 end up being the third seed so they they have mm. a great chance to move up and so w- when you look at the records uh 13 and 4, 12 and 5, 11 and 6. Then you got two teams at 10 and 7. There's not there's not a, a lot of separation between 1 and 3. So or uh, 1 and 4 really after today. So what you you got to be playing your best going into this tournament and there's no clear-cut favorite. Yes, all coins going to win. I think they're going to win the regular season championship outright if they if when they win today. But going into that tournament, that tournament is going to be up for grabs now.
1: Well, I'm looking at and and, and and outstanding point. I'm looking at Southern who went into Montgomery, and lost by ten. Now they're yep. eleven and six. Alabama and them on a the six game winning streak. To tonight to they play this afternoon, this evening. Yep. Alabama and them say if they win, they're eleven and seven. FAMU wins 11-7. Southern's eleven and seven. Southern come, is coming into the and, tournament, not doing well after being what in the number one seed uh, uh, yep. for the regular season championship the whole year. Yeah, that's why I'm saying your, your 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 final ten games, you, you're not playing well as you did in in, in earlier in the midways in the conference.
0: Right, and that's why the NC two A uses that as a as a barometer to to pick teams. Uh, they want the teams that are that have played the best over those last ten games when it comes to an at large bid. So you know, and and then in coaching, you know, like I said earlier, you want to be playing your best basketball coming down the stretch. You don't want to be faltering. You you want to st- be on the upward trajectory uh, because tournament play is so iffy. You know, you can have one bad night in a tournament and you threw. So you wanna uh-huh. be playing your best basketball going down the stretch. And it's gonna be interesting because if AM can beat Southern by the nine, they had a they got the tiebreakers over Florida in and them, and then they'll have of course they'll have uh the tiebreaker over Southern. So that's gonna be uh real interesting. Uh the last day of the season can still tell a lot in terms of seating on the men's side. We still got to fight for that A-C. So it's going to be great basketball all the way down to the end today. And that's what makes it great about conference play, man. You, you can't take a day off. You got to be ready every time you, you, you lace it up. And, and you know, in doing this, this win streak for the A&M men, you know, the thing that has helped them, there two things. Number one, their matchup zone has been a lifesaver for them. And now they got multiple people trying to score instead of just the two kids and Johnson and and Hicks. So you got more people that are getting involved on the offensive end for Alabama A&M, which makes makes them a tougher team to defend and prepare for. Before, it was relatively easy because you only had to prepare for two people. You only had to be worried about Hicks and Johnson. Now you can no longer do that because they're playing with so much confidence and they're getting it done on the defensive end, so this game is going to be real key to them today. Of course, the team with the with a lot of momentum going into that tournament—that's why I say the tournament will be up for grabs.
1: Interesting. And coach, you mentioned Alabama A&M. I'm curious. Two three matchup zone. The basic concept of, of of that zone. Why is it, why is it so tough, and why is it hard for offenses to to really uh, try to penetrate that?
0: Well, because the, the way I taught it, you can put a lot of on ball pressure, and your okay. health defense is automatic. It's already there. It's already in place by the structure. So that that's why it is it, tough for teams to prepare for. And when the kids are playing the right way and playing hard, that is a great defense. That is a great defense. And uh, they, they're they showing that down the stretch because that's what they've been using. You know, um, I, I'm looking forward to talking to uh, coach Woods this afternoon before the game. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, I'm still on the, uh, the committee for uh, the CIT and I just got off the phone about 30 minutes ago talking with my people. And uh, you know, we're going over the SWAC teams that that we're considering. Southern's one of the teams that if they if they can if they don't win the uh the SWAC tournament, we're gonna uh, offer them a a a bid for the CIT postseason tournament. Um and if Texas Southern doesn't come up with the SWAC title, we're gonna offer Texas Southern so you know the SWAC will be represented in postseason play, and of course, if Alcorn happens to get upended in, in the tournament, you know they'll end up in the NIT. So it be it's it's a lot of postseason play involved for the the SWAT. and I and I really like that.
1: Coach, can you explain that uh, again for those who may be watching for the first time? And I had forgot about. It, I apologize. Um, the CIT tournament.
0: Yeah, that's the college in- yeah that's the college inside the okay. tournament and I've been a part of that I've been a part of that uh, for I guess going on 20 years now and I'm on the uh I'm on the selection committee we' we're, we're uh, a committee that puts together the tournament we invite teams to play in the tournament uh if you remember the year that Jackson State went down uh I was able to uh to let them know at the press conference. That they were in, so their season went in. And I, I over the years, the CIT has given a, a lot of HBCUs an opportunity for postseason play. Grambling, uh, Alabama State in the squad. A lot of the MEAC teams have participated, and it's a great tournament. It's a thirty two team tournament, and uh, it, it's played all over the country. And then this year, with with Southern's attendance, if Southern Southern might end up hosting the game, you know because you know, the, the fans are coming back. And that's one of the things that we look at. I've already told them that, you know, Southern's leading the squack in attendance. And because of that, they could conceivably get get a uh, a host game if if possible. But all of this is if they don't win the tournament. You know, we still have to look ahead. I, I, I want all teams that, that are participating. I want them all to win the tournament. But if you don't, your season does not have to end.
1: Well... On that note, let am take a quick timeout. But when I come back, Coach, hey, I'm gonna get your predictions. Have a little fun right. on the women's side, so okay. you can think about it. Doing the commercial, will it be? Will Coach way say, will it be an upset on the women's side? On the men's <laughs> side, will Alcorn win the tournament championship, or will they become the ha- the hunted? I wanted to say haunted, but the haunted. We'll we'll ask Coach Pederwey that after this timeout, you're watching the Black College Sports (laughs) Network, the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College
0: Sports Network. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100%
2: dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh?
0: Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know.
2: (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working.
0: Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp
2: shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride Enjoy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite hbcu visit hbcupridejoy.com and follow us on all social media at hbcu pride joy on facebook and twitter
3: this is the dean of the college of hbcu sports kenyatta cavill of dr cavill's inside the hbcu sports lab with mike washington and charles bishop Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU diaspora as well as the upcoming week of HBCU sports with me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Post lecture dismissed.
2: Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404 698 3992. Or log on to Mango'sCaribbeanRestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text MANGOS to 313131.
1: Tell your mama hungry, papa hungry, hungry.
3: Mango's
2: Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean
3: cuisine. Oh, open up the door.
1: Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly Coles Brown joined by Coach Van Pettaway, former men's basketball coach at Alabama and NM. Coach, I, I asked yes. for a prediction and, and, and fun. You had time to think about it on the women's side. When it's all said and done, Coach Van Pettaway believes that
0: I think that Jackson State women will Show why they were undefeated during the regular season. I mean, I'm sorry, they still got to play today, but uh, they have. I think because they have showed their dominance during the entire conference season, I think they they will win on the women's side.
1: Hmm, I, I, I'm not surprised. I think Alabama State and Jackson State again, another tango in in the in the uh, conference finals. But
0: we we. we just, but, do, but do you think do you think that Alcorn would will beat them if they made it in the championship? Yep. Yeah. And we're we talking about on the women's side. Yes. Yes. On Give the me the question side. again.
1: Give me the question again.
0: You 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 predicting Alabama State and Jackson State for the women's championship? Who wins? Jackson State. Okay. Okay. Well, we're in agreement on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, men's yeah, side yeah, is little, uh, yeah the men's side is a little more difficult. <laughs> right. So I'm. I, yeah, that's
1: why you notice I'm. I, I'm putting it all on you. <laughs> on, on, on the men's side, <laughs> who, who who who's going to be crowned tournament champion? Ooh, I really think
0: Texas one. Southern's going to pull it off. I think Texas Southern, um, because they've been there, been to the championship before I think with that experience they'll pull it off on the men's side.
1: Hmm. That is interesting. I, I I think as as much and deservedly so, Alcorn State being the regular season, you know, well, today they can can have it outright. Prairie View has struggled of late. Southern right. University I, dangerous but my heart will always kind of go in that direction. But my head says, how will this team play in the tournament? So I'll I'll, I'll say they're dangerous. Hmm. Let me me pull back up the standards again. (laughs) That that, that one on the men's side, man, I'm going to tell you.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough.
1: Jackson State, Alabama, Allcorn State, Texas Southern. So I'm a
0: hmm, coach. And the only reason why I gave it to Texas I, Southern is because yeah, twelve
1: and five. Got a big one with Prairie View today. They're dangerous. Texas Southern and Southern, Allcorn State. I got to make a choice because mm, next next Saturday I can't say it because uh, <laughs> the tournament will be have started. I'm going to go with Alcorn State. Okay. But I would not be surprised if it's Southern or Texas Southern cutting down the nets. Right. We shall
0: see. We shall see. Coach. And see the, the interesting the, thing about this because the tournament, the entire tournament is on a neutral site. See no one. Well, no one has going. an advantage. Yeah, no one has an advantage, and and uh, you know the when, when you when you play the first round games on your campus, as a coach, if you're hosting, you love it, but you don't want to be that visiting coach. They got to go on somebody's campus. So being at a neutral site, first of all, it's going to be a it's a great arena, UAB, and then this year, I, I know you all have probably already talked about this. You know the swag has their own floor now. They, has their own, they have their uh, own basketball have,
1: court. That's right.
0: Yeah, so I, I think yeah. that's going to be a great look uh, for the SWAC. Uh, but in terms of coaching, you're on a neutral site, so no one has an advantage. The best team is going to win the game because they're playing the best basketball. That's who's going to win the tournament. The team is playing the best basketball for those three days, uh, and hopefully it's a continuation of the regular season, that's who's gonna win this win that tournament.
1: So women's side, Jackson State, and on the men's side, you went with Texas Southern. Right. Got it down. It's recorded. This is live. Everybody has it. But it's, you know, to we, we make up predictions, but we we're also just excited that it's tournament time. Is it is right. March madness. And you know, you have a little fun with it. I, I said Jackson State and I said Alcorn State, but I'm not as sure on the men's side, Coach. I I I am going to admit. Coach, any um closing comments about this tournament? Collegiate basketball. Coach K is um coaching his his, his last home game at Duke. Right. But, last
0: um, home game today. And you know that they say that's that's one of the, the uh that is the uh, most high-priced ticket ever for a college for a back college game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he has been great for the game of basketball, and I'm gonna take. I'm gonna have to tape it because A and will be playing during that time. But <clears throat> this has been a great season when you look at the overall college basketball s- scene, and I'm. Gre- Glad that I was able to see a lot, a large portion of it. I really like what's been happening in the SWAC, <clears throat> and I'm looking forward to the tournament. I'll be there from the beginning to the end. I'm looking forward to it. Some great basketball being played, right?
1: And, and basically, been able to get through you know, uh, COVID 19, all the yep. variants w- without um, any really delay that 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 was. Um, outstanding three quick tips for those who's going to tune in and watch Southern and Alabama and Alabama wins because
0: of what? Because they got balanced. Alabama and will win because they got balanced scoring and they've turned up their defensive pressure. Southern will win this game. If they can force turnover, force AM and to turn the ball over, southern to come out on top well
1: that should be very interesting uh a uh, ball game very important both on the women's and the men's yep. side and and then of course what this time next year a brand new uh, arena for yep. alabama and what about five thousand seat capacity for basketball
0: 6000 for basketball, and uh, good. it's a, it's on schedule, so I look forward to them uh, opening their season in the new place.
1: Well, hopefully, if God says the same, the creator, the divine being, I'll be able to uh, get to Huntsville and see the, the new arena. But the last time I was in Huntsville, it was a humbling experience for a football game. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not uh, underestimate. The power of, of, of the Bulldogs' uh, enthusiasm and, and and you know just their great university and uh, beautiful campus. It's been a while, oh, yeah. but it, it was beautiful. Coach, yep. continue you and your family to stay blessed and stay safe, and uh, we'll talk with you uh, next Saturday. next week.
0: Okay, That's well, right. God
1: it's bless. You. Tournament March Madness.
0: Oh, and yeah. uh,
1: Hopefully, Coach. I will have gotten over just a blown call with the Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> but still number one in the East for right now. We'll talk more about that as well.
0: Okay. Have a great day.
1: All right. You too. Take care. i um, will take a quick timeout. I'm scheduled to talk to Dr. Kenyatta Kavilla. Also, I'm seeing the comments as far as talking about Non-conference football, out-of-conference play. Uh, I will say this, and I respect Theo Quest Major, and he's been consistent. He's always said this. Let me just read this, and we'll go to timeout. There is no reason for Southern or to ever, ever play any Southland school in football. A rotation of Rice, ULM, ULL, Tulane, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss will fit our needs perfectly. You see, remember me and Charles was talking about it? I told you, there is a faction that they do not want to play a Southeast or Nichols, McNeese, the hell with them. That's what they'd say. And I respect Theo's opinion. I happen to disagree with that. ULL, ULM. Ah, fully. But guess what? We can agree to disagree. But I will say this: out of conference, you got to put together a nice, attractive schedule. And I understand some of you—you rather you see our HBCU play a Savannah State, an Albany State, a South Carolina State—that's out of conference. I really understand that. Before it's recruiting, and then bragging rights. I gave you a story again. I was so proud coming out of that dome. Southern took Northwestern State to the woodshed. And that set the bar for the whole season. So do you agree? You agree with Theo? Hey, don't play other FCS schools. They don't bring a crowd to the games. I could care less if they bring one. That's just more of our fans at that ball game. But I could be in a minority on all of this. Take a quick time out. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. I'll be right back.
2: Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less.
0: Sweet pillows of softness.
2: This is soft. Holy Charmin. excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
0: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com.
1: This week's edition of the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly Carlos Brown now, uh joined by Dr. Kenyatta Caville inside the HBCU. Dr. Cavill's inside the HBCU sports lab. Dr. Cavill, I I, I guess I wasn't ready for the major hits that were <laughs> as we're coming back on the show from Southern University. Um it's great to be alive. They, they, have, they, have to to they have the ability to
3: do that to people. They had the ability to do that to people in the show is a little bit of a tongue
1: twister, so it's not all you. It's not all you. <laughs> I think about the uh great Marino Casim, who said you gotta love the black college football, the the black college experience. It is truly outstanding. And Dr. Kofield, speaking of outstanding, I, I got alert. I was like, Whoa, what is this? tennessee state and the southwestern athletic conference and you basically tweeted that out that hey there is some interest by both parties so with that being said kind of give us the particulars of what's going on between tennessee state and what the southwestern athletic conference
3: as, as they as you've taught me you know i'll do this as a tease so if you let me take a little bit of liberty. <laughs> Uh, your last I, segment was I, okay. wonderful in terms of the basketball debate you had. Obviously, the other debate in terms of scheduling. Certainly don't have time to get in that. But in terms of basketball, since it is um, around that time, and I did make a basketball reference in terms of the backcourt, so I'll tie it all in together. Mm-hmm. But I think you know, on the men's side, it's going to be an interesting basketball tournament for the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And to some degree, even the MEAC, uh, a whole different theater, uh, but I think the tournament could be six deep in terms of teams that can get in. I think one of the most fascinating questions this uh, today is whether Bethune Cookman will beat FAMU, shout out to Roy, uh, in terms mm. of that home finale, in terms of their seating. if you're FAMU. But in a lot of ways, it could have Prairie View if they don't win against Texas Southern on the outside looking in. Jackson State is in a position where they need to win. Uh, to guarantee to get in. So you literally could have the two regular season undefeated champions, co-champions, if you would, last year, outside looking in in terms of the top eight terms. So it's going to be fascinating. But with that said, hmm. to your question, as you talked about the backcourt, this is what I can say, um, that um, I did confirm and know for a fact uh, that the commissioner of the SWAC, Dr. Charles McCullough, spoke to the athletic du- Athletics Director, of Tennessee State, Dr. Mickey, in terms of what was going on there, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and so it was just fascinating when you uh, look at all that, and it was one of those dialogues, if you would, to see if there were mutual interests. You know, did you heard all the paperwork was out there in terms of uh, the Tennessee State football coach, Eddie George, and I should say Dr. Mickey Allen, excuse me, there. Uh, in regards to that. But, you know, he's suggesting that the Ohio Valley was a dead conference, that they were ready to look into another conference. You had uh, the paper article by Dr. Mickey Allen come out uh, that Friday before this announcement a couple of weeks ago regarding that the fact that they were looking at their options and that ultimately his goal was to get the FBS. So in a lot of ways, that's the 10-pound gorilla. I think one of the things that you want to keep a lookout on is the june 30th date most mm-hmm. conferences have what they call a july 1st date where uh new teams or the current teams in the conference are in set for that year so that june 30th is a significant date you've heard about teams like austin p leaving to go to the um, a sun i tease them a lot and call them the sun atlantic but it's the a sun uh in terms of their conference there right along with earlier you heard Eastern Kentucky leaving the Ohio Valley, previous Jacksonville State leaving the Ohio Valley, Uh, along with Kennesaw State, who's an all-member of the A-Sun but was playing football in the Big South, um, you know, coming in uh, to play down there in that conference. So you have all these teams over here in terms of what that looks like, and you have the shuffling. But the key thing is the money. Nobody really focuses on the money. Most conferences have what you call a exit fee and an interest mm-hmm. fee. Those interest fees now have gotten up uh, to half a million dollars, 500 k Oftentimes, the exit fee is just as high. The Ohio Valley, when all this churning was going on to try to protect themselves, they took the exit fee up if you leave early to a million dollars. So if a team left Austin P and they actually in court now with those Eastern Kentucky's Jacksonville State that has now left again, even summer, looking at going to the Conference USA right in terms of going from FCS to FBS. Um, and so those are some things that you're looking at uh, as you move forward. So the question is, is Is Tennessee State in a position to pay a million dollars if they wanted to leave early? Right? A half a million dollars Mm -hmm. if they declare by June 30th and say, all right, they want to start the season 2023. Essentially, that's what you saw with Famio and Bethune Cookman. You know, they made the announcement, played their last season in the MIAC, and then they left, which means the excess fee was half a million dollars. I think for them, it went to 250K. You could leave, put it in the courts. Oftentimes, if you fight in the courts, you're going to get a reduction of that fee. You usually won't pay the whole thing, but that can get kind of ugly. So that's the question. Also, conferences have the ability to waive it. You know, do you waive an entry fee? So those are some of the questions that are at the table uh, in terms of what uh, these two institutions I would think are jockeying to see um, if it's going to be a match
1: this time going around. So, and and I understand that. And, also there is can we say a mutual interest by by both parties the southwest athletic conference and tennessee state is there a time frame or just just going to be kind of an ongoing negotiation or or dialogue and is there a set time limit for for that no um i'm not aware of any set
3: timeline from any of the institutions obviously the timeline that I'm drawing conclusion is that um, is a self-imposed basically by the Ohio Violet Conference to some degree, the SWAC would be June 30th. So it could go as deep as that. Obviously, it could go beyond that. You just would increase your right. fee to exit. So there is uh, hadn't been told to me any specific timeline in terms of what that would look, look like earlier. The, obviously, the better because you want to be a good steward if you're going to leave a conference. You want to make sure that you leave it in good stead um, in a right way in case, you know, sometimes you have to go back or you just want to be looked at in terms of a good business person. So those are some things. Um, and then to set up scheduling, because this is one thing uh, that we might get into is if they come in at 13, who would be the fourteen? Um, well, that, that's where I was going, no Dr. Obvious, Kapil. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go right there. You know, I think you alluded to at South Carolina State. They're in the MEAC, so it's my understanding that I've been told that uh, from the Southwestern Athletic Conference, there is no interest in um, obtaining expansion of South Carolina State, not necessarily because they wouldn't be uh, a good program, but the distance in terms of travel would be extremely difficult. You go from a bus league in terms of most of your games, in terms of your Olympic sports, uh, into an airline league, right, where you have to fly. So that's one thing. Then you have the partnership between the MIAC and the SWAC. Charles has been on record of saying that he is in good stewards of that relationship, and he would not want to do anything that would further deteriorate uh, the MIAC. I mean, in fact, even with FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, they came at him. And I'm not saying that South Carolina State hasn't made overtures, but that's a different thing. Um, But I think there are other options. And the reason I bring that out, when you talk about division two, people will jump out and say, Hey, that's $1.6 million. Um, you have to move up in terms of the number of sports. Well, let me set some things straight. Cause I know people come to your show to look to get good information The the NCA has a rule for in, uh, division one programs that you have to have essentially 14 sports at that level. Right. In terms of at the uh, division one level. And it's, Seven and seven is traditionally what they have earmarked for men's and women's sports. Or you could do six men and eight women in terms of what that looks like. So uh, in that regard, let's take a team like Clark Atlanta University. People would look and say they have to add sports. Actually, in terms of what they're doing in women's sports, not to say they might want to play some of the sports that the SWAC has and add bowling or something like that, but they currently have women's basketball, softball, women's tennis, uh, women, track and field, right? That's volleyball and cross country. Well, people forget track and field is actually two sports, indoor and outdoor. Yeah. So they're already at seven uh, in terms of their sports alone, just for women. They wouldn't even have to add anything there. They could, but they wouldn't have to. Uh, in terms of men's, they have baseball, basketball, cross country, and football. So you have a track coach. You add in men's track, you have outdoor and indoor. You're already at six. So you might add bowling and you could do six and eight in terms of your sports or add a third men's sport. So as you can see, it's not unrealistic to make that move. Now, what about the million dollars? Well, part of that is, is what if if the SWAT waives the entry fee? Because they see there's a bigger benefit to go into 14. They can waive it. That makes it easier in terms of making that money. And there's cases where they've done that before. So you have to be judicial. They have the money games now. What if they played a Clark Atlanta and Alabama A and M part of the SWAC classic game? You know that's four hundred, anywhere from three hundred k to half a million dollars for playing that game right there. That goes back to them that they could easily play. What if they put them up in over a four or five year period to play in the MEAC SWAC Challenge twice? That's four hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars right there. So you could get to that one point six million really quick. Um, just in terms of the creative matching of the revenue sources that already exist in the conference. So those things, whether you're talking about Clark Atlanta university or Tennessee state, if there is truly an interest uh, between those mm-hmm. institutions, it's not hard uh, in terms of getting to that $1.6 million, increasing your athletic fees. It's doable as they say. And I think sometimes because we see large numbers and for us, The common person that works all the time, $1.6 million is huge. But if you're at an institution and your overall institutional budget is, you know, 80, 90, 100 million dollars, you're talking about 10% of the budget. It's not that significant if you see the branding framework of moving from division one, uh, moving from division two, excuse me, to division one uh, is worth the cost uh, in doing that
1: business. And that and good information, Doctor Caville, The the aspect that we don't think about all of, all of the time, you know, as far as also, it, it, if that were were to be the case, let's say that happened, you're, you're in the Atlanta market, you know, for television wise, and then and, and then Nashville, is this something that if let's say if you were a consultant to to the conference that you 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 would look at. And would any other institutions, well, you know, kind of fit into that narrative as far as in, 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 in that market, particularly in the Atlanta market? No doubt
3: about it. And I have been a consultant working directly with Dr. Charles McCullough back when he was the athletics director at Prairie and University. And then again, Uh, I had another couple of opportunities, uh, significant opportunities to do some strategic uh, planning programs. And you saw one of them about the study I did Mm -hmm. in terms of HBCUs moving from SES to FBS1. That was a study that uh, Dr. Charles McCullough and the previous uh, president uh, at Texas Southern University, Dr. Rudley, had me do as a consultant. Um, So I've continued to do some work at the Southwestern Athletic, as a consultant when they need serious studies done, somebody uh, that can appreciate the culture and bring in a different lens than some of the other consulting companies out there. So I'm glad you brought that up and most certainly. So in terms of your uh, your framing of the marketplace, without a doubt, adding the Nashville market and Atlanta market is significant. And let me tell you why specifically. The ESPN contract is up in about four years. So Mm -hmm. there's a couple of things that you want to put in play when you're talking about extending your TV contract. And that is expansion of the conference. You've seen it. You've seen these things with your eyes. You've heard it. SEC, you know, the Big Ten, when they previously expanded, they expanded in new marketplaces. So when they come back to the television, and you notice they always do it before they're going to renegotiate a contract. Why? Because they know television broadcasts are interested in new Household TVs and obviously we're not saying that you're at the level of the SEC or at the level of the Big Ten but you are at a significant level where obviously ABC ESPN Walt Disney sees the value in HBCU So you're trying to make sure when you sit at the table that you get the most value for your buck and you do that by bringing in significant markets such as uh, Nashville, which is one of the uh, top 50 television markets Atlanta one of the top uh, 20 Markets. It is the number one radio market for African-Americans. That's important to understand when you're trying to negotiate these deals of how you increase your revenue. The other thing is if you expand the 14 teams, and I'm just throwing this out there um, as a consulting-wise, you know, some thoughts about it. Not saying that this is what the Southwestern Athletic Conference is planning to do. But let's say you go to a 14-team conference, uh, which means you would have two divisions of seven teams. You play uh, for football, for example, you play your 17, I mean your six teams in your division, and let's say you increase to nine conference games that you've seen being uh-huh. bounced around for the SEC. You've seen it being done by the Pac 12 in the Big Ten. And the reason you do that, because that gives you extra inventory that you can negotiate in your contract against uh, your television partners. They want inventory, they want games. So if you have an extra game, you do that, and you would have six teams in your division. You'd have one locked-in team from the uh, other division, right? And then you rotate Uh another six teams, two teams twice. And so over a three-year period, you played everybody uh, within the conference, and you have nine games, and it becomes really nice in terms of being able to add that package. Now, the concern you have at the FCS level is, yes, that takes away a potential game, but now they're doing business totally different When you have the ability and they're looking to get away from money games, but they have another avenue to generate equivalent type money in the SWAT classic. That's why that game was so important when it comes on the table, because it puts you in a position, as you talked about earlier, you don't necessarily have to play uh, the FBS money games, especially the super money games in terms of like LSU. Yeah, Yeah, 750K (laughs) is significant. But if you don't have to play that game because you can get 500, 600K somewhere else, Uh, do you really want to play it maybe once, but you know, that's not something that you want to play all the time. Right.
1: So not long-term, right.
3: So Mm -hmm. those ways that you look at it and think about it. And the last thing I I really want to kind of get in here is oftentimes we just look at athletics in terms of obviously sports. When you look at institutions at higher education, you also it's important to look at the academic side of this. So I've been shouting out as loud as I can, There's this Carnegie classification. And you remember in the study, I had that in the study at the Mm -hmm. time we looked at it. How do you measure the academic growth of the institutions? And our institutions are growing uh, academically, which is important because that's how you get the interest of great professors, great presidents and chancellors that want to come. Right? Right. Um, Obviously, uh, students in general, and not just students, but even college athletes. They look at these, um, how your institution is measured against its peers. So one of the things you wanna talk about is the uh, academic classification. Well, one measures out there is the Carnegie classification, which measures research intensity uh, of the institution. And two, we have five institutions in the SWAC currently that are R2 status. We have two of them that just joined, which was significant. We had three um, the last couple of years, but they redo it every so often to, to maintain and see who's still at R2 status. Or do they move up to R1, which you've heard several institutions such as a t Jackson State, Morgan State, seeking to get up to um, in terms of, and FAMU as well, in terms of getting in there. And even Texas Southern is striving to become R1 status. But Southern and Prairie View were classified as R2. The three that existed were Texas Southern, Jackson State, and FAMU. That's five teams. But if you expand the conference, not only do you get the bang in terms of what we talked about early athletics. You get an academic framing. Tennessee State is an R2. It's one of the few R2s in the OVC, which I've always laughed when, as if they were bringing uh, the bank to the back. Tennessee State already had it. The conference didn't do anything to them, uh, for them. And you look at Clark Atlanta. It's one of the few private HBCUs out there that are R2 status. Most people don't realize that. You know, 5,000 students in terms of what they're doing. As I said, the largest African-American radio market is number one when you talk about Atlanta. It is a significant market, and you book in Houston and Atlanta uh, in terms of what you do shopping for sponsorships in a national setting, it gets no better than that. So you go to a 14-team conference, splitting the divisions as I'm talking about, to look at negotiating your television, and wow, you have seven R2 institutions. Half of your institutions will have that major research designation, and what is it going to do to the other institution? It's going to raise them as well, uh, which helps all of the HBCUs in that platform. So I'm saying when you look at expansion, you got to go beyond the narrow scope sports. of looking at mm-hmm. just one sport in football and really beyond just looking at sports in general.
0: Yeah.
1: It, 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 it seems you have to look at the total total package and Thank what you. they bring to the table. I, you know what? This is going to be interesting. We'll have to get you back, uh, Dr. Cavill, because hey, Anytime. I can't think of, it may be a few, but I know someone I can just contact and kind of give us this perspective and look kind of inside the numbers and, and, and valid point, very valid point about just kind of looking beyond just the, the narrow scope of, of, of sports. And, and of course, we talk about football, but of course there are other sports that 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 we need to have discussions on, and 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 plus the academic side is, a, a, as well. Well, and so I when think- you
3: say with Tennessee State, one thing you talked about mm-hmm. in terms of them not having baseball, they've talked about uh, with Dr. Mickey Allen in terms of adding sports, which included maybe volleyball. I mean, bowling as well as baseball. Uh, he has negotiated and talked with a uh, partnership about building a co uh, baseball stadium with maybe a semi pro or even a professional team, they may be being able to get into Nashville. So there's some talks there. Obviously, we've heard everything about the hockey program, men's and women's. Um, And so, you know, each institution looks at it individually, which is important. But one thing that I think is more important, and you are really big about this in terms of from a historical, is understanding the collective empowerment and what that looks like when we come together. Uh, to move all of our institutions or at least a bigger group of collective institutions together.
1: Right. Dr. Kavilla, it's, it's a great time. I guess I can use that word. A great time yes. to be in a position where, hey, yes. this conference can really expand. And and, and let me add this, Dr. Kavilla, and, and not to Please. throw on any specific network, but when you have what you're trying to accomplish, then I think you can sit down and hey, you can look at at the table other networks. It'll be competition, oh, yeah. so you know other other networks is, come in and and you can sit there and make the best choice. For, yeah, for well, the one of the
3: things that you want to do with this next uh, contract, to your point, is you need to remove the exclusivity clause in the contract. So you go to what you see again, the Big Twelve. Uh, Big Ten, Pac-12, essentially the SEC, where you go what they call is tier approach. So you would give ESPN uh-huh. maybe the primary rights. And then you can go to another network, uh, TNT, and give them the secondary rights. You could go maybe to uh, NFL Network and give them what you call your tertiary rights. Then you could co- uh, have your multimedia rights. Um, you have those separated. So... That's one thing that you can negotiate in the contract. So once this comes up, I'm almost sure those are the things they'll look at is removing the exclusivity clause so you can give a bundle or a package of games, whether it's in football or basketball, right? Or unless if you want it all, then yeah, you can get it all. But the price tag you would do to do that would really make it worthwhile for you to do that. So yeah, as you know more, you do more, and certainly Dr. Charles McCullough has really studied... Uh, over a period of time, what goes into negotiating television contracts, which we wasn't necessarily in that same place before.
1: And we're just speaking about, you know, television, and I guess that's included um, a, a, a radio package, you know, where, where you can do some things. So it gives you the flexibility to do um, several, several things. Dr. caville, I promise we will get you back and more Thank on a regular basis because this kind of information is, is, is what needed uh, to to give out to 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 the to the listeners and those who watch. But I appreciate the time. Let's um, agree to do this real soon, like within another week or so. If I'll, time I'll permits be here for you, I'll it. I look forward to it. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on. And look, you and your family, you continue to stay blessed and um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll do it real soon. Same with yours. All Thanks. right, thank you. That was Doctor Kenyatta Cavill of Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Oh, uh well, I was gonna tell Doctor Cavill, everyone knows it's it's on Tuesdays and Thursdays from six PM uh Central Standard Time, right here on the Black College Sports Network. Oh, we got your back. Dr. Cavill, you back? Doctor Caville, you wanna still here. tell everybody um about the show and um The times and the day. I appreciate
3: that. Yeah, I appreciate that opportunity. Every Tuesday and Thursday, like you were saying, at six o'clock, that's Central Standard Time. That's Dr. Villes inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. We often have guests, which include uh, Carlos Brown uh, when he has the time. You know, his schedule is busy to the week, so you know he's high maintenance. So it's not because we don't (laughs) love him. You understand? (laughs) We got to respect his schedule because he's trying to eat like everybody else. But we bring visiting professors on, obviously, uh, AD. Um, and Brian of the Sports Rap part of the BCSN network team. And then we it gets outside of that. So when you want to get some great interviews, great insight, really the business side of this, academic side of this, if that's what you choose and like, you can catch us every Tuesday and Thursday at six o'clock Central Standard Time. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. That's where I broke it on Twitter. So if you want to get some of that key breaking news, uh, follow me if you would on Twitter. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Well, no, I appreciate it. And we'll, you, you can just stay on. We're, we're about to close it up here sure. on the Black College Sports Network. Um, Dr. is part of the network. Uh, you know, you have all the other shows. So we're we're a team. We're we're trying to build, and um, this is one of the ways to do it. And so I, I appreciated uh, Dr. Caville and, and and with the Cole's Brown show making the move to the Black College Sports Network So I, I really appreciate that as well. Uh, Dr. Caville, you pointing at your head there? I thought that was for a second. <laughs> Sorry, and um, Just a little hint. we always, Just a little hint. yeah, yeah. I I I see that it's it's blinded. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that no.
3: <laughs>
1: oh yeah, you know I got to start building up uh my wall, my room, my paraphernalia. It, but it, but it, but it, but it's coming. I, I I've got somebody who is going to give me some insight whether i like it or not they're going to give me some insight but um i appreciate the time the coles brown show right here on the black college sports network every saturday from 11 a 11 a.m central standard time to 1 p.m central standard time that's 12 noon to 2 p.m eastern standard time right here on the black college sports network one thing charles edmund coach van Petaway, roy emmons dr kenyatta Kavir for today's show and all of you who watch participated until next saturday at 11 a.m as always peace and god bless